Good morning, Chair City Church. How you doing? That means a lot to me. Really, if you didn't do it, like I said, first service, they'd be like, what? Come on, you know? So most of life involves risk. Uh, it's uncommon for us to make a decision where some element of what we're deciding on, does, uh, risk doesn't exist. Day after day, we have this sense that there's a potential consequence that lies within a decision that we're about to make. Often, we make decisions without thinking it all the way through, right? You know, at times we make decisions from our emotions, and as I say, we react versus responding. And, and, and sometimes we could react in the moment, and, and, and another person we're with reacts, and before we know it, a month later, a year later, how do we get here? Well, it began with that combustible reaction rather than responding, especially responding from our faith in God, right? So, we, and, and remember, as I say often, about the thing about emotions is um, they've been given to us from God, but we don't want to make critical decisions rooted just on our emotions or fueled by our emotions. And here's why. Because as I've said before, you cannot invalidate emotions. You, you can't somebody, oh, you, you, you're not sad, but they're sad. So, emotions are legitimate. And since they're so legitimate, they're going to, therefore, kind of justify behavior, right? And that's what happens. So we, we, we feel something, and then we do something, and we know we can do it because we feel it. We know that we do. No one can tell us we're not feeling that, and therefore we can act that way. But what perhaps should be questioned is not as much that emotion, but what's fueling that emotion is the thought. The truth that your reality, your perspective, hey, let's question that, right? So when we're thinking, we're, having, we're making a decision, and let's think it through. Let's pause and say, hey, what I'm thinking, what's up there, is that true? Is that accurate? Is that a legitimate thought that's going on, right? As we think it through. And, and often what happens is, because if we don't do that, we really undermine our ability to be honest with ourselves. And you know, that's a big thing with me, being honest with yourself and honest with God, Right? And, and, and if we're honest with ourselves, we, we find out, you know, we, we would give thought to like, hey, when I make this decision, right, and the results of this decision shows up, show up in my life, am I going to land where I want to land? Am I going to land in a good place? We, we don't really consider that. What we, what we do is, you know, we have our thoughts and our plans, and, and, and we, we think, okay, I'm going to make this decision now, and... and, and um, and we think about the results that we would want, that we desire, and we, we formulate them in our minds, we picture them, and, and we put everything there. We don't think about, well, wait a minute, are there consequences to that decision? I mean, could it land us in a place where we really don't want to be in? Have I seen that before in my own life? <laughs> Have I seen it before in the lives of people around that when they've made this decision Oh, it hasn't gone well with them, right? We, we, we often will not do that. We won't look at that other side of it, huh? I had a friend of mine, good friends, close friends, uh, just, he, be, he began to have this great appetite to do well financially, to, to increase his wealth. I would call it insatiable almost. And, uh, and he set out to... Uh, and he took on an admirable f- profession, and, 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 uh, and he was doing very well at it. And, it was, you know, and, 
and he was doing well financially, but it was insufficient to, to what his plan was and what he wanted, to a point where he really began to begin to do things that I thought was questionable. And I'm sitting there, and I'm telling him, hey, listen, if I, you know, now, now I've come into faith, and I got several years into faith, you know, a good amount, and I'm like, listen, you, look, man, I'm telling you, this is questionable. And I'm telling you, not only is like Dave, you know, minister Dave Christian, I'm like, even if I'm sitting down with you and we're across the table 15 years ago, man, this isn't good where you're going. You, you know, it's not like, you know, you had a, you're, you're pushing it too far. And, uh, and he really, you know, and, and he gave me that look. And I'm like, look, this isn't like a come to Jesus moment. That would be cool if you did that. This is a, this is like get real moment. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I could, we could talk like that and laugh a bit. Uh, but you know what? Man, it just comes down on him. He just, he just kept going. Because, you know, and, and all he saw is, you know, what he wanted to see. He didn't see those, that, the risk that was involved. He wasn't considering anything. And you know, the consequences that could come his way. And when it came down, it was severe. Uh, and, 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 and it really just, it just literally blew apart his entire life. That would be an understatement to the consequence, consequences that came his way. And when it came out, people were like, wow, you know, like, what, I mean, what was he thinking? How, how could he have done that? And, and, and see, that's just it. When we're so immersed in our view of how it should be, we, we just, we miss out. We don't see the consequences of those decisions, Right. We, we, we're only seeing what we want to see. Now, it just sounds crazy, but many of us, we just might not count the cost of our decisions. So there's a risk to everything in life. It's good to make those adjustments to our expectations. And there is a risk to following Jesus. There is a risk to following the risen Jesus. There's also a risk not to follow Jesus, right? That's another sermon. It would be good, or not good, I'm saying cool maybe, it would be easier. Meaning short term, if not held accountable for the long term consequences, which I truly believe exist, seeing them firsthand, but short term it would be easy for me to say, if you follow Jesus, he's going to give you everything you desire, right? All that you want is going to come your way. I mean, whatever the top five is, lay them out, it's yours. You want a half a mil a mil? It's yours. Matter of fact, you're not asking enough. Go for two. God has all the money in the world. Two mil. You got it. The house, big house with the kitchen, it's yours, man. God, that's what you desire. God's going to give you the desire of your heart. Right? That, that position, that executive position or the job with the good bennies, yours. Admission into that college, come on. That guy, you know, he's yours, man. You know, it's going to happen. Follow Jesus. He's going to give you everything you want, right? But you know what? That, you know, that not only is that not an accurate portrayal of following Jesus, it, it's not what the Bible teaches. I believe that with all my heart. It's not what the Bible teaches, as, as you'll see here, okay? Now, it's very popular in the culture that we live in, in this materialistic culture, it's, that's, you know, again, it'd be easier to put that out there. And, and a good number of people do, you know. It's just not what I would prescribe to. I don't think the Bible teaches that, right? That if you, you know, now what's kind of, uh, I don't know, interesting in a way is that part of that could be true in this way, in this matter. That if you follow Jesus, everything will be perfect, Right? 
Yeah, so I've confused you. What I'm saying is, if you follow Jesus, then all that God has for you, his plan for you, what he desires for you, yes, is perfect. Things will be perfect. Not what you desire, not what you have formulated to be, you know, what's going to fulfill your need and what is going to contain your future, but truly what God has for you, what he desires for you, this is perfect, this is good, right? You know, when I, when I met Christy, I, I, when I first met, I wasn't in the faith. Eventually, I came into the faith. But then even early on in my faith, I just had this kind of understanding of what my life should be and, and what good should be and, and what love is and all that. And, and it was kind of still very, it resembled a lot of what was in the past. It just was kind of cleaned up a lot, you know. I had stopped doing a lot of stuff, but, but this was it, you know. I mean, you know, uh, be a nice guy, have a nice home, get a, a nice pet, you know, be, you know, be a good husband. I, I mean, and, 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 this was, and this was my plan, man, right here, you know. And, and when I think about it, it was so shallow. I'm not saying there were elements, there were good elements there, but it was so shallow as a whole because it really was solely about me, by the way. It was, I mean, so... What joy was going to come from that? How much joy could come from that shallow plan desires that I had? How much peace could, could come from that shallow plan and thoughts that I had for me? What kind of love was going to come from that shallowness into this woman's life and into my eventual children's life? Man, very little, honestly. Very little. And when things get difficult and the rubber meets the road, what's going to come from that? And that's sometimes some of our problems. That, you know, when we hang on to our view, our plan, which floating our boat, and, and difficulty comes, we just, and we try, there's nothing to tap into, man. This is why God's plan, his desires for us are paramount, right? I'm so grateful that God did not empower me in my, for my plan. I'm so grateful that God did not affirm me in my plan. I want you to get this, okay? Because I think sometimes I want you to flourish in your faith. I do so much. I want this church to flourish. I want this community to flourish. I want other churches to flourish. I've I, I spent time with priests this weekend and pastors last week. I want to see the kingdom of God thrive when the tide comes in, all boats rise, right? It's a great time for this. But you, I'm your pastor. I want to see you thrive in your faith. And I want you to hear me out now when it comes to this kind of affirmation thing going, right? So you come to God and you come to him. You might have come to him last week. You know, we have people come to Jesus all the time in here. It's our mission. Uh, maybe last year, maybe 20 years ago. And, and you've got this thing going on with what, you know, your struggles, your needs, what, 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 what you're wanting in life and, and, and get its reality and, and, it's, and it's reasonable to an extent. But, but perhaps it's just not what God has for you. And you come into this relationship with Jesus and you're like, Jesus, Here's, here I am, here's what I need, here's what I want, affirm this. Okay, 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 I know what we can do. If I stop this and I don't do this and, 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 and I do a little this, then you'll affirm this, right? And, and we struggle with our Christianity because we, we're having this dialogue, this mentality, Jesus, affirm this. But I want to tell you, Jesus did not come to give a stamp of approval of our lifestyles or our wants. Jesus isn't the God of affirmation. He is the God of transformation. And isn't that awesome? He's the God of transformation, huh? 
He doesn't affirm us. He transforms us. I'm so glad he didn't affirm me because my plan was filled with all my contamination and my toxic from the past and my limited thinking. He's like, Dave, I don't want to affirm you. I'm going to transform you. I'm going to change you. You don't even know how to think, even perceive what I have for you. Ephesians chapter 3, 2021. God is going to do more than you've imagined, more than you've asked him to do, more than you could even measure. To him be the glory throughout all generations. Look, and now here's the thing. For some of you who are like me, and it is a little bit hard to stomach this whole giving up wants and needs, and how do, you, how do we do this? And Okay, look. When God begins to do that work in you and you begin to even yield and surrender and and begin to think this way and step out and you begin that process of transformation rather than him affirming you, you know what happens? Your wants and needs begin to change towards his wants and desires for you. You hear me? That's what happens. You begin to desire what God desires. There's no way I ever thought... Honestly, I, I can't. There's no way I thought I would do this with my life. When I met Christy, like, you know, she was a Bible college student. She was, you know, she, you know I was going to support her and help her. And, and, and I would do my thing and, be, you know, be legit and be honest, but whatever. No way. And if anybody around me would be like, no way. <laughs> Don't ever let him up there, right? Listen. He's got, he's got a plan for you. And, and, and the more you desire him, the more you're going to desire what he has for you. And when you see that come to fruition in your life, it's a phenomenal experience. And, and, and then from within you, hope grows and faith grows. And the, and the possibilities are just, you're looking at every situation as a possibility to know God in a greater way, yes? All right, look. So today, we are concluding the first series of 2019, we're still here, right? It's the longest span of time we've stayed in one series. And, and we set out in January to say, look, we want to have a beautiful life in 2019. We do. We want to have a beautiful life. We want, to have, we, want, we want to see something beautiful happen in our homes. We want to see something beautiful happen where we work. We want a beautiful life. And we said, hey, you know what? Everybody has a different picture of what's beautiful, but God has the picture of what is beautiful. And he's given us this design, a plan. And, and we went to Matthew chapter 5. We've been going there in the, in the Beatitudes, these statements of Jesus that speak to who we are when we follow him, nine statements. And then we've been going over to Galatians chapter 5. It's, it says the fruit of the spirit these nine characteristics of of one fruit that that is in you as a follower of jesus right and and what what would be evident in your life characteristics that would be evident as you're living out from your identity in jesus right and so and what we're saying is this is god's design and plan for us to have a beautiful life now what's interesting is we last week we were in the eighth beatitude this week, last one is nine. Now, in the, as we look at the ninth beatitude, we see a resemblance to the eighth beatitude. Some might even, you know, say it's repetitive. They might not even go to nine. But, but I think there's a, something to see there. So the eighth beatitude last week said, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So what's happening is one thing to talk about persecution in a kind of an imperative manner those those people right you know meaning it, it, okay it's potential it could happen i'm considering it but you know it, it might not apply to me but jesus moves it in verse 9 he moves it from those to you yeah 
Jesus says, come here. I want you to own this. I'm going to place this on your lap, right? I, 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 let's remove all the abstract thinking here. Blessed are you who are persecuted. Uh, Jesus wants us to respond to this truth, to know this truth, because it's critical in our following him, right? It's critical for us to embrace this. Jesus said it's not, you know, it's not about just others or what might happen. It's about you. Much of our lives are lived in this moment, right? The place where we're at, and we're going to make this decision. And what are we going to do in the midst of that decision? Are we going to follow Jesus? Are we not going to follow Jesus? It will be one of the two, right? Are we going to react and double down on our plan and turn away and go on a trajectory away from Jesus, maybe because we didn't have expectations of this or that or difficulty, or are we going to turn around and hold firm to our faith and follow Jesus, knowing and expecting that, you know, that difficulty's coming, right? So there's a risk in every decision we make, and there's a risk when we follow Jesus and we live out that beautiful life. Now, let's jump to Matthew chapter 5. We'll read the Beatitude, then the fruit of the Spirit. Matthew 5 chapter, I mean Matthew 5 verse 11 through 12. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And then Galatians 5.23 says the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Jesus says blessed are you when they insult you, persecute you, falsely accuse you of all kinds of evil because of me. He's saying rejoice. So what, what I say to you is this. We should be joyful when challenged. I'm using the word challenged here because it, Jesus says people are going to insult you. They're going to say evil things against you. They're going to slander you. So we're not, not that it could be exempt from this, but we're, we're, we're not talking about physical violence. We're talking about slander, insulting. And Jesus says to rejoice because greater is your reward in heaven. So the beautiful life that God has for us is where we don't respond to evil things said against us. We don't respond to slander or insults with the same. So when people, and and then Jesus, like he does with everything else in all areas of our life, he just kind of ups the standard a bit, right? And he says, okay, it's when people, a beautiful life is that when people speak poorly, about you, treat you poorly, insult you, not only do I not want you to respond in that manner, but I want you to be joyful. I want you to be joyful. So besides me, is there anybody else in here who thinks that's a crazy statement? Huh? Is there anybody else when, when you know, when, when, you know, even at, when you hear that, you just, you just pause and say, okay, like, you know, I'm just not connecting. And yet, and yet that's what the beautiful life is all about. Uh, that's the life of transformation that transcends our circumstances. So we're not a person of circumstance, right? Yeah, the insults, the slanders, they're not true. And we're going to decide with this challenge, you know, how am I going to meet it? Now, there are times when maybe some things are coming your way and, and it's just because you behave foolishly, right? And that's on you, right? We're talking here when people are slandering you, insulting you, and mistreating you because of your faith professed or living out that this is coming your way. Look, you're going, when you follow Jesus, you're 
there is a risk. There is a risk involved in following Jesus. I want you to understand that. Not everyone around you is going to understand what you're doing. Not everyone around you is going to appreciate what you're doing. People around you could disagree with what you've decided to do with your life. And this has become more evident, and people are more comfortable with kind of voicing and speaking about this in public nowadays. We've had incidents this week in public school, last week in public schools, with a, you know, a young man that was in school, and the teacher was openly speaking disparagingly about Christianity. Um, and, 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 and I've had situations where people, I don't even know if they realize what they're saying that is quite, you know, you know certainly, I don't know if it offends me, but certainly it's, 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 it's not welcome. It's an unwelcome comment. And they don't, it's, it's just become the, you know, the, the, it's acceptable in culture, right? So it's going to be coming. And the question is, Jesus is saying in the middle of it. Not that you want it, but when it comes, don't be surprised. It's coming. And in the midst of this, find joy. Blessed are those. Happy are those. Fortunate are those. That word blessed is what? It means happy. Uh, every week, blessed means, that word means happy. It means fortunate are those uh, who are persecuted, insulted, spoken evil against in my name, right? Because, listen, God is good even when everyone else is bad, right? God is good. When everyone else is bad, God is still good. Now, we live in a world or in a culture where we, we, if you notice, you tend to be somewhat comfortable responding when people challenge you to things you're familiar with, right? Like if somebody, you know, if I were to say, which I would never say, that the Red Sox stink and the Yankees are better, right? Which, which I believe, by the way. But, but if, you know, you would even, within seconds, somebody, oh, yeah, well, you know what? Who's hoisting that banner up? You know, who's hoisting that championship banner up on opening day, baby? Who's got the most World Series in the last several years, right? You go right there, you know. If I were to say, you know what, Donald Trump, he's a terrible president. Oh, yeah, have you checked out the economy lately? ISIS is getting crushed. You'd come back with something, right? And on the other hand, if you were against Trump, you'd come back. Meaning we're quick to respond to things when we challenge. But what happens when somebody kind of challenges our faith or says something to, to our faith? I'm not looking to bring you to this confrontational thing. My point is that when, you're, when we are expecting, you know, to be insulted or to be not treated well or to people to speak in a disparaging way towards our faith, that's, we factor that into our faith. And we are prepared and conditioned to, to find joy. What does that mean? To draw closer to God in this. To see, you know, this is an opportunity for me to know God in a greater way. I'm well in my soul. We are so much more likely to now respond to this, huh? From a place of comfort, from a place of soundness. Just as comfortable and confident as you are about your stinking Red Sox, right? For our guests, hang in there with me, all right? Listen, look. And what I mean by this is I don't, I'm not looking for you to, like, come against people. I'm just saying don't, don't necessarily you have to accept it, right? Or here's what I'm saying even more. I don't want you to be silent. I don't want you to think I can't talk about Jesus. I won't talk about Jesus. I'm not going to talk about Jesus. That's No, you want to, from a place of joy and gladness, be professing your faith. Let's watch the video. Oh. 
Hi, my name is Rosie Ciano and I go to a public school here in Massachusetts. I remember three years ago, students in my high school wanted to open a Bible club. There was a lot of persecution and they decided to give up. This year, I decided to do the Bible club. There was a lot of persecution and Honestly, I didn't know what to do. Our main goal in the Bible Club is about speaking to others about the love of Jesus. Since uh, we know that public schools, they want to separate religion from the public system. It was really hard for me as a student to go through this persecution. I was feeling discriminated because our club was not written as a regular club in school. They didn't want us to have a teacher that supervised us. They didn't want us to meet in a regular classroom as a regular club. We were putting posters and they said that we have to take it off. But after Massachusetts Family Institute helped me through this process, we have our teachers supervise us. We have our own classroom that we can share. We can bring our guest speakers and it's really an awesome experience. I'm so thankful that here in America we have the freedom of religion. Many students, they forget about that. And it's really important to us to remember that we have the freedom of speech, to speak about our religion in school, about Christianity. And they don't have to be afraid. The law is going to cover them. They don't have to be afraid to speak up. They don't have to be afraid about talking to Jesus in a school. Massachusetts Family Institute is a great organization that help students and people that are being discriminated because of their religion. So I, I, which I want you to get something there. Sorry for being very impressed with that wonderful, godly, courageous young woman. Okay, Rosa is... You know, when she, she reads mine, and goes, hey, uh, in America, by the way, you have these rights. In America, this is a great country. In America, you can do this, right? And, and, and I'm just going to take a little bit of leap here. Rosa might have been born here and, and has been coming, but she might have just been here for several years, right? You know, uh, you know my, my point is that she seems to have this greater sense of what her country is than many people maybe who have generations here, right? And maybe because in the midst of the speaking improperly towards and misrepresenting her, you know, instead of going back at it that way, she found her way through God, through her faith, right? And, and really in the midst of it, you know, I do, she finds, and what she said, she goes, it was a great experience. What was the experience? I found joy in the middle of all this. You hear me? I found joy in the middle of all of this. Sure, and, and, and she's speaking her faith, right? She's sharing her faith, and she realized the right she has and the laws and the resources she has from her faith. Man, when you start to live out this way, no slander to slander, no insult to insult. And like I said, as believers sometimes, we, we tend to turn around and uh, uh, we temper the slander when we return it, right? We're, we're composed about it. We, we temper the words. We don't use vulgarity. But we come back. We, we find a way to get it back over there, right? We find a way to come back at people. Just don't do that, man. No, no. It, I'm expecting it to come. And when it comes, I'm going to process it not through my flesh, but through the Spirit of God that lives in me, right? And I'm going to, that's what, how it's going to come out. I'm going to have joy in this. So listen, 
Let's go to this. I want to just fly through here. Look. Now, we're going to have difficulties. We're going to have troubles. I'm going to just read it. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 5 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that this testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance, finish let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Listen, James is saying, right? When you're persecuted, insulted, treated poorly, count it all joy. It's all over the Bible, right? Why? Because it's going to test your faith. It's going to build your faith, and you're going to learn to persevere, to keep going, to not giving up, not just to try once or twice. How many things you try once or twice, right? No, no, you're going to keep going. And then you're going to realize that these struggles are there for a reason, that God is leveraging his power in your life, you know, not to affirm but to transform. Look, we have problems, right, in our lives. And some of them, you know, I, I, I think they, they come externally, right? And some of them don't. When we are serving God and trusting in God and, 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 and leaning into God, these problems that come into our life because of that, the problems that came into Rose's life, these problems are full of purpose. Absolutely, positively, you got to know that. They're full of purpose for you, God's purpose in your life. Now, I'm just going to step out a bit of this sermon and t- attached this to the whole series. The, this, these beatitudes and these characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. Sometimes we have problems in our lives that come from within us, how we approach life and how we're trying to maneuver and negotiate this faith thing, right? And, and those problems, what I would say to you is, maybe it's more of a pattern than a problem, right? You hear me? A problem is something, you know, a situation or matter that is unwelcome and, and could be difficult and, 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 you know, cause a lot of issues, right? That's a problem. Now, a pattern is something that is a design that's being applied to your life repeatedly, something that happens repetitively that's making, taking shape and form in your life. Are you hearing me? So there's a difference between a pattern and a problem. Now, here's it. When you live out the Beatitudes in your life, and these are audacious, crazy statements, but when you live them out, it's going to break your pattern. Your pattern is not going to survive, right? You might not have, you think, oh, I got a problem with this one. I got a problem here. I got a problem there. Maybe there's a pattern going on, huh? Right? And when you turn around and you live out the beautiful life, I'll tell you, you shred that pattern, man. You shred it. And then, yeah, you, you, and it's a risk, and you're going to have problems. There's going to be challenges, but they're going to be ones that are going to come from glorifying God. And it's going to be a beautiful experience as you see God work through that. Do you hear me? As you, God uses those problems that are filled with purpose to transform your life so that you will know what he desires for you, and then you will want what he has for you. I hope that brought that together in a decent way, okay? Look. Look, you're not alone. You're not going to live this out by yourself, huh? It's not meant to be lived out by yourself. We are better together. Do you hear me? That's why I call you. We are so better together. That's all that we do here. We want to see people come to know Jesus, and we want them to come into an experience that is really just so impacting to them. As we talked about in our huddle today, 
we people are coming in here to be helped, to have hope, to be healed, and we believe it's going to happen. We know that we're impacting lives here because we see it week in and week out. Next week at our baptism, come on. Oh, I just so encourage you to show up next week. It's just a celebratory time. It's an exciting time. If you haven't signed up to be baptized, then it's a monumental time in your faith. You get something to tack back to. I was baptized. Satan, take that. Bum, bum, bum. I do. And, and, and it's not only we're, we're reaching out. Like I said, we're building relationships with people and churches and priests. I, I, I met with two priests this weekend. I met with the vicar general down from Worcester. I met with the, the uh, priest here at Annunciation Parish. We had coffee together. I'm going to tell you what a treasure of a man, his father, Stephen Lundgren. I, I want to tell you to pray for him. I, I just, we had so much fun together. We, we said it for an hour. We went an hour and a half. We both had to get out of there fast. But I enjoyed our time together so much. He is a treasure of a man. I want you to pray that the people of the parish will rally behind him, will love him, will support him, and will care for him in Jesus' precious name, right? And I, I'm telling you, God's going to do a wonderful thing there. So we, we are together. We are doing this together, right? All right, so now we're going to turn around very quickly. We're going to take that ninth beatitude, and we're going to line it up with that ninth characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit. Look, when you're being challenged, insulted, mistreated, self-control allows you to hold it together so that you can experience joy. Self-control, it's a beautiful thing, especially when emotional regulation is kind of hard to find nowadays, right? Self-control. Self-control, it's about, you know, it speaks to possessing the power, you know, to control your heart, to hold your heart together in the midst of everything that's going on. How many of us want more self-control, right? Come on, you know? Now, I want you to get that this isn't like a self-help thing I'm telling you here. So I'm not telling you, okay, ready? You know, just, are you ready, man? You're going you're gonna to will it. You're going to make this happen. You, you, you white-knuckle this baby, grit it out, willpower. That's not, that's not what this is about. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit what's coming from the God in you here, right? Self-control is a characteristic of the Spirit of God that's in you. And it's that same Spirit that influences you in the midst of what's going on. It kind of, it takes control over you in the middle of what's happening. And, 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 And it helps you not to head into that temptation, if you will, if you want to branch out to that, but to respond to the challenge when people come against you to respond in a godly way that you would have self-control, right? And self-control, and I want you to hear this out, self-control is God having the authority in your life. That in the midst of what's happening, you are, you, everything in you, the story you've created in your head or, or, or what you feel now to, you know, to respond to the stimulus around you, whatever your perception is, all that is secondary God and His Spirit is now the authority in your life, and nothing is going to influence you more than your Heavenly Father, God, Holy Spirit, coming out of you, bearing fruit with self-control. That's going to influence you more than anything and anyone else. Do you hear me? And thereby now you are not a person of circumstance. Huh? You are not. Right? You're not tossed to and fro all over the place. You know, what is not good is no longer being empowered or infirmed in your life. Instead, you're in the middle now of experiencing transformation as you are in the middle of a situation, in the midst of a challenge, and you respond in a mind-boggling, God-glorifying way, yes? yes. Yeah. And you experience as Rosa did the, wow, that was, a, that was awesome. 
I would never have chosen to respond that way. If you would have scripted it out, I would have ripped it up and thrown it away. But now I got it, man. I tasted it. This is a beautiful thing. That's the beautiful life. Yes? There's a bigger picture out there, man. God sent Jesus to rescue you. Let's bring this home. Worship team, come on up. God sent Jesus to rescue you. I needed to be rescued deeply, deeply. I would have laughed at you if you would have told me that. I thought I was fine. God sent Jesus to rescue me. To meet you right where you are. Jacked up, messed up, inconsistent, holding it together in maybe an outward kind of, you know, admirable way maybe, you know. But so far less than what God has for you. Every situation, every challenge, every temptation is an opportunity for you. Not an obligation just to do what is good. Just to acquiesce, you know, no. But an opportunity to say, Lord, not my will be done, but your will be done, Lord. Huh? Lord, you are the authority in my life. You are the influencer in my life. You are my audience. You are my one audience. And I worship you. I identify with you. I expect there to be difficulties and challenges, but I am ready to hold my faith in you and to gain joy from the midst of this. And when you do that, you're going to be a vehicle for God's love in this world. How cool is that? You are going to be a vehicle. You're going to be an instrument in God's hand to bring joy and peace in this world. That's a beautiful thing. God is wanting to do a transforming work in your life. So if you're in Jesus, you're living out your faith in Christ, keep going. Look, it takes time for fruit to ripen, and I am a classic example of that, man, right? I am, I am. It's just, we just keep, we just, uh, you know, I, I, sometimes I'll do something like, I'll be like, hey, everybody see that? Look how cool I handled that. I'll brag about it. Like, wow, I still, you know, it's like I, if we're driving, I see a deer run across the road because I'm from Brooklyn, the city, and I, I think I'm pretty, like, enamored by that. Like, that's super cool to me, you know? Uh, you know, I wouldn't see a deer, like, running all across Broadway in Manhattan or something like that. So I, but at the same way, I'm still, to this day, I'll get jazzed. If when I see myself act out in a way that it is one very distant from who I used to be, or even I'm like, wow, I, I think I've grown a bit more again, you know? Like, here I am, still growing, still running my race, still pressing on, right? I'm going to fight the good fight. I'm going to finish the race, right? You know what I'm saying? And so are you. So keep going, you know? This is a journey. If you're here today and you've never put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ, oh, how awesome, how wonderful, how marvelous that you could know Jesus today, that you could look at that cross and see freedom. Oh, my God, freedom. <laughs> oh, God, that you would know that God could now transform you. Like, oh, that's why I'm going one step forward and two steps back. That's why I keep struggling this relationship. That's why my marriage is a little bit tired and, and weary when, when it was just awesome at one point, and now it's just not what we wanted it to be. Oh, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. I've been looking for affirmation of all of this of my way, no, today, I want change. I want deep inner change. I want joy. I want peace. I want hope. Today, I want to be transformed. I want transformation. Yes? Today, I want Jesus. He, God, is calling you to be forgiven, to forgive you, to forgive you of your sins. Jesus is here to take up residence in your life, huh? That you would follow him and trust in him. If that's you today, when you came in, there, we have a connection card. On one side, it said, my next step. And one side says, I'm starting a relationship with Jesus. 
I'm going to have a relationship with Jesus today. I mean, I'm going to be able to talk to the one true God. I'm going to be able to, to have an intimacy, an intimate relationship with this wonderful God. It's a big deal to just have that, to know who you are. I, I, I was saying earlier this morning around like 3.34, I, I just, I was struggling with my thinking. You know, I was, I'm sitting there on the couch, you know, getting ready to, you know, jump into everything and and man, I'm like, hey, Dave, you, you got to speak to people about God today. What, what, what's going on here? And, you know, I just sat on the couch, and I just started saying to myself, you know, I, I know I'm loved, and I know I can love. I know I'm loved, and I know I can love. I'm loved, and I can love. I am loved, and I can love. I am loved, and I can love. Do you hear me? Amen. Now, what happened there is, I'm saying, I am loved. This is who I am. God loves me. He has me here because I'm here because God loves me. And because of that, I don't got to stay where I am. I can get out there and I can love others. No matter what's going on, what's anything, I can love, right? This is Jesus, ma'am. This is what God's calling you to, to, to trust in him and to follow him. That in those moments, you're not alone. He's going to meet you right there. What a wonderful way to go through life, huh? So you want to check off that box? That's, what it, that's the relationship God is calling you to today. I want to renew my relationship with Jesus. Whoa maybe I've been living this out with kind of more affirmation of me and less transformation of God. No more. I'm renewing my relationship with Jesus. It's going to be about change. It's going to be about transformation. I am running to the battle, baby. I'm renewing that relationship. You check one of those boxes off. You take the card to the guest services table. They'll give you a Bible, some info to get you going. Look, here is your opportunity today, all of us, to live out the beautiful life, right? As we trust in Jesus, as we move forward and we apply the Beatitudes, Jesus' statements, and we see the characteristic of the Spirit evident in our lives, we will live a beautiful life. Yes, to God be the glory.